grab a cup of joe. Pull up your favorite chair and put your feet up. You're listening to the Rod Langway Fan Club. NHL Stretch Run Report from Taipei, Taiwan. With your hosts, Mark Chekhnida. It's actually not that big of a trade. It'll give me a little kick in the face-off department. Schottenkirk, I believe, is the man. <laughs> John Snowden. This is you and this is me. Give me that kind of stash, I'd take on the world. I'd cuddle up to a bee before I did a human. And Jeff Rollerman. Good thing people can't see me at home. A one-eyed host. All right. But he's been a loyal soldier. Have they been asking about me? Asking about me? Have they been asking about me? About me? About me? About me? 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 Welcome to the Rod Langway Fan Club Hockey Podcast. As always, we're coming at you from the heart of Asia, Taipei, Taiwan, the ROC. We're at the three-quarter mark of the NHL season, so lots to discuss. I am your host, Jeff Roman, joined by not one, but two trusty sidekicks. To my right, Mr. Mark Chechnita. I'm full of piss and vinegar, mostly the former, but I'm ready to roll. And on the far left, Mr. John Snowden. Also happy to be here. We are here in our brand new Taipei City studio. We are overlooking the beautiful Hoping Riverside Park. Um, it's a chilly night out there in Taipei, but we are nice, warm, and cozy here in our studio. We've got some chamomile tea and some scented candles, so I hope everybody out there is feeling as cozy as we are. I am sure digging our new digs. This is a nice studio you have, we have here. Uh, it's got all the amenities. I really like the green room. Yeah, the green room is great. Uh, don't eat too much, though. Some tasty snacks. I hope you're, I'm not going to be billed for those, am I? Well, we'll talk about that later. You still got some crumbs on your cheek there, bud. <laughs> I sure do. But hey, you know what, John? I was thinking there's one thing I think we're missing here at the studio. What's that? Well, a poster of the man himself, Rod Langway. Yeah, I think it'd probably look good right over there next to the picture of you, Jeff. He is our namesake, of course, because we're coming at you from Taipei, Taiwan. And Rod was born right here in the ROC and went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Washington Capitals and the Montreal Canadiens. He's a Hall of Famer to boot. Yeah, and I believe for Rod, there's a big day coming up, isn't there? That's right. Somebody is celebrating a birthday. Oh, you must be referring to May 3rd. Yes, Rod Langway Day. Yeah, he's turning 60 years young on May the 3rd this year. So that's something we're going to be looking forward to and counting down the days to. Yeah, and just a really quick update. We're still trying to get Rod on the show. Our people are talking to his people. And maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to get the man, the myth himself on the show. That would be wonderful, Rod. If you're if you're out there listening, give us a call. Yep, exciting broadcast uh, planned for today. Uh, we've got lots on the agenda. Mark, what are we looking at? Three equally sexy segments coming your way. Uh, we're going to kick things off with our Trading Places segment Trade deadline is less than a week out, so we're going to break down some of the big players up for grabs and what might happen. Then we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, that always follows the trade deadline. We've each picked out our champion horse. We're going to all get a chance to make our case for which of these teams will emerge victorious in the end. And hey, John, are you still with us over there? What's going on, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just going through some of the emails for our third segment. We've got a new third segment this time. It's called Ask the Commish. Um, we're taking your emails. We're taking your tweets. Um, you can tweet us at Rod Langway Fan Club. 
Rod Langway Fan Club. You can also email us at um, Rod Langway Fan Club at Outlook.com. Um, if you've got any questions, you want to pick the commissioner's brain, you want to dig into the depths of his soul to find out what really motivates the man, now's your chance. So get them in now. The lines are still open. Are we talking about Gary Bettman? Is Gary Bettman on the show? I, I believe we're talking. This? I believe we're talking about you. Oh, me. Yeah. We said that you, the person had a soul. So I think that would preclude Gary Bettman from this discussion. <laughs> True enough. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. Lots on the agenda. So let's get to it, boys. But first, a word from our sponsor. When buying a skylight, the last thing most people think about is the rod. Rod failure is responsible for 87% of skylight-related malfunction. For your home, insist on the best, Makamoto Skylight Rods. Made from the finest alloys, precision crafted, Makamoto are sturdy, flexible, long-lasting, and they look great. For skylights, Makamoto, the only name to remember. How about some music? Okay. Thank you, as always, to John, who always selects our little musical interlude. That was Ginger Baker with Juju. And our first segment of the show is called Trading Places. You had to make sure a dude had his payroll before I made my move. And, of course, that was a little clip from the film, the 1983 film Trading Places, starring Eddie Murphy. You know, the trade deadline for a lot of people it is a lot like Christmas. Uh, people spend, especially TSN, will spend hours analyzing trades. Um, and a lot of them never even happen. But uh, we thought that we would take a look at some of the potential trades that might go through that could put uh, some teams over the top. If you want it, Mike, you got to take it. Do you have it? You got to take it. Go in there and try. I know you can win. And of course, that was a clip from uh, the Sylvester Stallone movie, Over the Top. Uh, where are we starting with here? We're going to start with you, Mark. Well, I'm going to kick things off by putting on my Homer cap and talking about my beloved Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> oh, Kel Surprise. Mark's going on about the Canadians again. Well, yeah, it's what I do. What can I say? Guilty as charged, sir. Uh, now, this team came out flying out of the gates, 13-1 to start the year. They were looking like cup contenders, and the city was abuzz. I was cautiously optimistic. I know you guys were kind of giving me a tough time saying I was so negative and so down on them. But I think one thing the team's been looking for the whole year, and it's become really apparent recently, is a need for someone to play the left side with Shea Weber. He's been with Alexei Yemelin for most of the year, and it's not been working recently. So I've got a list here of three guys, each of whom would be a big upgrade over Yemelin and could hopefully push this team over the top. So let me give you a rundown here really quickly. The first guy, and this is a perfect world scenario, is Cam Fowler. Now this is a name that goes back to the entry draft last summer. Montreal was supposedly in hot pursuit of him, 
and came pretty close to pulling the trigger on a deal. He checks all the boxes, strong skater, makes a good first pass, good offensive instincts. Not that dissimilar from some of the guys that Weber was used to playing with in his days back in Nashville, guys like Ryan Suter and Roman Yossi. So I think if we could get him, that would be a huge boon and could really take this team to the next level. Geez, if I were the Anaheim Ducks, though, I would be really reluctant to part with uh, Cam Fowler. I've heard the rumors, too. I mean, sure, you guys have heard Vaughton and Mike go, um, maybe Lindholm. But, gee, I don't know how you can let go one of those guys. Those are That's a great blue line. And how many great defensemen can one team carry, though? You've, eventually, they're going to have to cash in one of those chips and diversify their talent pool. So I think now might be the time to make that happen because Montreal is desperate and they might be willing to overpay for a player of that caliber. Okay, well, who else you got there? Um, another one that's maybe a poor man's Cam Fowler, and that's Nick Letty. Now, he's got, obviously, the Stanley Cup experience from his days with the Blackhawks. Also skates well, also makes a good first pass, good offensive instincts. I think he'd insulate Shea Weber's game quite well. And with the Islanders kind of not living up to expectations this year, maybe they're ready to shake things up a little bit and make a move. Yeah, I mean, I would say sort of the same thing, though. I really liked when the Islanders got uh, Letty and Boychuk. I remember that season. It was the first season they made the playoffs in quite a long time. Um, If I was an Islanders fan, I would not be happy with them getting rid of him. I think he's a good defenseman. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, obviously, again, the price would have to be right, and they'd probably have to overpay. But we're getting to that point now where I think desperation might be starting to set in in the Canadiens' front office, and they don't want another disaster like last year where a team comes out flying and then... misses the playoffs or gets knocked out in the first round maybe this year. So I think they might be willing to make that kind of a big, bold move. Okay, okay. Well, uh, who, pray tell, who is number three? Well, my third option, I think probably the most realistic, a little more conservative, but uh, the price tag would be quite a bit lower, and that's Mark Streit. Ooh, going back to the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicking it old school with Mark Streit. Now, he started his career as a hab. He also makes a nice first pass. He might not be as quick as the other guys, but he's a really smart defenseman. Yeah, he's a, the Swiss Army knife of defense. Yeah, 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 exactly. All purpose. He can help you out in a lot of places, the power play included, and our power play has been floundering recently. So I think that would be a low-cost acquisition that would be an upgrade over Emelin and could maybe put this team over the top. Well, he might be a Swiss Army knife, but I don't think he's got the shield. I wouldn't say he's the most defensively responsible player in the world he might help you out on the power play and he'd probably be a good partner for Weber there but I don't know I could see him really messing up a couple times in the playoffs if if you make it if you do make it there so I, I suppose much like Swiss cheese there are a few holes in my logic on that one but... sure. well yeah not a bad pick though not a bad yeah, series he's, he's a wily veteran I could he could easily put them over the top yeah and some people really flourish when they go back to their roots you know yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, what Montreal does, um, especially now that they've made the coaching change. Um, you've mentioned uh, the New York Islanders, another team that made a coaching change. We've seen a few different um, coaches come and go, and we'll see how uh, that affects um, the teams down the home stretch. John, I understand you're going to keep us in Canada with uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Well, as long as we're staying uh, homers, I am going to stick with my team, the Winnipeg Jets. Um General manager Ken Sheveldayoff is kind of notorious for not doing anything at the trade deadline. I think this year he's actually going to shake things up. Um, I feel like the fan base is getting a little impatient. And I think this year he's really going to try and make a big splash. I think the way to do that for him would be to try to acquire Gabriel Landeskog from the Colorado Avalanche. I think he's a guy who would really fit in in Winnipeg. He's a gritty player. Um, if, if you look at our roster after Nikolai Ehlers, we're very thin on the left side. So I think he'd slot in very nicely. 
At 19 years of age, he was the youngest captain in the history of the NHL. He's now 24 years old, so he should be hitting his stride, but unfortunately he's languishing with the bottom-feeding Colorado Avalanche. And so I think that uh, this is really, it would really be a great move for both him and our franchise. So um, that would be my pick for a player that would put the Jets over the top. And when, when I say over the top, I don't mean necessarily to win the Stanley Cup, but at least to get us into the playoffs and maybe win us a round. Oh, come on, John. Dare to Well, dream. Dare to you know, dream. maybe two. Maybe two. And then, you know, who knows? Anything can happen, right? So Landis Gog to the Jets. He is my pick for over the top. All right. Um, well, I mean, if you guys are going to stick to uh, to being homers here, then I'm going to have to look at the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we've already seen a couple of uh, small deals, some defensemen that have been traded. Um, we saw Mr. Stone uh, go from Arizona to the Calgary Flames and uh, the Devils. Sorry, the Ron Hainsey um, went to the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. But I've got my eye on the big fish uh, when you're looking at defensemen who might be uh, dealt, and that is Kevin Shattenkirk. Wow. Yeah, Kevin Shattenkirk. Now, it's it's to me, it seems crazy that the Blues would even consider wanting to trade Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, I think he's been a really important part of their blue line, but it sounds like they're they're getting up against the cap. Well, and they've also been burnt before. Don't forget that it was a year ago that both David Backus and Troy Brower were on expiring deals. They decided to hang on to them. They lost them both for nothing. So I think they don't want to repeat that same mistake again. Yeah, that's got to be tough for the fan base, though. They've, I think they've got a really good team. I know that they didn't get off to a great start. Talking about coaches getting fired, Hitch, Ken Hitchcock was one of them. Uh, Mike Yo seems to uh, have turned that team around a little bit. They've finally got the goaltending that they've been desperate for. Um, but we've seen the emergence of uh, Colton Paranko. And, of course, they've got uh, Petrangelo. And let's not forget about Jay Bo. Um, and it sounds like Con- uh, Shattenkirk wants a, quite a bit of an extension and a lot of money. So I'm just thinking if there's any way that the Toronto Maple Leafs could pull it off. I know it is a bit of a stretch, uh, but if there's any way that they could get Kevin Shattenkirk for a, a really thin blue line, if we had him on there, um, I think it would give us a little extra boost uh, for the playoff run. True. That is true. Well, that's an interesting pick. Uh, those are all interesting picks, boys. All right, so that's the the over-the-top segment of our Trading Places. Moving right along to the next segment of our Trading Places spot, uh, we have the Munson Award. Munson? What the hell is that? You know, Munson. Uh, to be up a creek without a paddle, to, to have the whole world in the palm of your hand and then, and then blow it. You know, it's a figure of speech. As we all know, that was from the movie Kingpin, by the way. Uh, as we all know, not all trades are created equally for every ying there is a yang every rose has its thorn and some other cliche that gets this point across yeah we've seen a couple of doozies um in the history of the nhl uh just last season i recall when the winnipeg jets sent andrew ladd to the chicago blackhawks hoping for a little bit more depth and that was a bit of a disaster or the time that the penguins landed jerome mcginley a lot of people thought that would put them over the top but it ended up being a waste of assets and they went nowhere that year sure let's not forget about when uh, the caps gave away philip forsberg who's absolutely lighting up the league right now for martin erat and Oof, that, would, that uh, might be yeah, the worst one that ever. just flopped completely so yeah this is not a new thing yeah i mean there's a, there's a lot of names that are being thrown around i guess i uh, i looked at uh, one of the rumors that goes out uh, that's out there with Patrick Sharp uh, returning 
to the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, I really like Sharp and I really like the Blackhawks. And I love that first go around. But I don't know if you can go home again. Um, I feel like Sharp has just lost a step. He's had a few different injuries this year. And uh, I just don't think that um, he would be the, the piece that would put the Blackhawks over the top. And, John, did anybody else uh, catch your eye on who not to trade for? Well, certainly the Caps will be looking to put themselves over the top this year. Um, you know, I, I think that they might go out and get somebody like Alex Burroughs from the Vancouver Canucks. Ooh, that has Munson written all over it. Yeah, doesn't it? it um, I could just see him going in there and somewhere in the playoffs biting somebody's finger or slew-footing somebody. Uh giving himself a match penalty, uh, ruining the game for them and getting himself suspended. So that could be a massive Munson. Yeah, and what, what about you, Mark? What, what, do you, uh, what caught your eye there? Well, you guys know that I like to beat up on a certain Austrian hockey player. Sir Thomas Vanek? Yes, Sir Thomas Vanek. Now, the last time he was a deadline acquisition, he was a complete flop for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he's had a nice regular season, to be fair, but he is a regular season performer. That's the point. And this is not the kind of guy who's going to go to the dirty areas, who's going to score those tough goals in the playoffs. He's the kind of guy who's going to get caught up the ice, who's going to be floating and not back-checking, who's going to give up that goal that tips a series in the favor of another team, and things are going to be tight. So I think a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, although it might be tempting putting a talented player like Vanek next to Crosby, I think if I were them... I'd probably subscribe to the thought that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Stay away from a guy like Thomas Vanek. Yeah, uh, words of warning right there. I would I would not disagree with you. Yeah, um, I mean, buyer beware. Buyer beware of the Munson Award. So that, uh, that ends our Trading Places segment. And coming up, we're talking champions. We have returned. Hope you have enjoyed that track to Skinny J's You Are a Champion. And the next segment I'm really looking forward to, um, it's where we talk about our Stanley Cup predictions. Who is going to be the champion? Did somebody say champion? A champion. 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 Wow, thanks for that, John. No problem. Really nice. I'd like to get that girl's number at the end. She sounds really sweet. She does sound like a sweet girl. Really, really girl next door kind of girl. So who's who's going to kick us off? Who is going to win the cup this year, boys? Well, I'll start it off. Um, I want to go back to a team that really surprised last year in the playoffs, and that was the Nashville Predators. They went a lot further than anyone thought they could. And they made a big splash in the offseason acquiring P.K. Subban. They sure did. And I think a lot of people had them pencil in as one, as the, one of the true cup contenders going into the season. I know I did. And unfortunately, they had a pretty rough start. 
some injuries and I think, you know, some new faces and things didn't get off running very well. But they've been playing a lot better recently. The old saying goes, defense wins championships. I think they might have the best top four in the league with Subban, Yossi, Ellis, and Ekholm. And I think the future Stanley Cup champions will be the Nashville Predators. Not only do they have that great decor, they've got a lot of firepower up front as well. Got guys like James Neal, Philip Forsberg, who's been tearing up the league recently, Ryan Johansson. Lots of assists there. He's a great setup, man. He is. Victor Arvidsson's another really good young player who's been coming on in the second half as well. Um, so I think they're going to have the young legs necessary to push through the playoffs and get deep. Um, the only real question mark for me might be Pekka Rinne. I Maybe his best years are behind him, but I think he could find his form for you know a few weeks. All it takes is a few weeks of hot goaltending to push a team to the cup. So I think that's within his grasp. And they do have a pretty good young backup too. And UC Saros has put up some pretty gaudy numbers. So I think they're pretty deep and they're poised to make a run for the cup. All right. Well, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I would, the, the, your question mark, I think, is the big question mark. And that's going to be what ultimately holds them back. They're not going to be able to take it with Pekka Rene back there. He's frail. His hips have been given away. And he's just not consistent enough, I think, to win four Stanley Cup playoff series. Yeah, and it's tough when you're when you're in the West. A lot of really, really good teams. Well, let's not forget recent history, though, guys. Sometimes a rookie goalie can come out of nowhere and uh, steal a few series. And before you know it, you've got an unlikely Stanley Cup champion. True. I just don't think he has quite the pedigree that a Matt Murray does or a Patrick Waugh or somebody like that. Well, speaking of Matt Murray, uh, I'm not going too far out in a limb here, but I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins will be the first team to repeat as Stanley Cup champion since the uh, 96-97 Detroit Red Wings. Boring. Yeah, I know it's not uh, it's not a sexy pick, um, but I mean, that would be quite an accomplishment if uh, Sid and the Penguins can win uh, back-to-back cups, especially in the salary cap era. Sure, we know they can do it. We certainly do. Um, I just think that eventually their lack of defenses is going to catch up with them. Yeah, they're really banged up on the blue line right now. Yeah. Well, let's see what the let's see what the trade deadline brings. They've already picked up Ron Hainsey. If they could add one more defenseman, I'd have a hard time disagreeing with you. Fair enough. Yeah, I love that forward group and uh with uh Sid leading them into battle, I think they've got a chance to win the war. Sure. Well, Sid, I mean, he's I think he's the best player in the world still. So, anything can happen and when he's when he's running the show, um, you know, expect uh, the expected. Yeah. Yeah, lots of experience on that team. Uh John, how about you? Well, I mean, I'm going to go with the Chicago Blackhawks. Another real, really yeah, out-of-the-blue pick there, eh? Well, you know, a lot of people, I think, are, are writing them off. They're saying that they're they're sort of past their prime. But I think that Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford, Brent Seabrook. Great I think, nucleus. Right. It's a great nucleus. And if there is any battle-hardened team, it is the Chicago Blackhawks. I think they got one more run in them. Um, I'm actually picking... It's the series I've wanted to see for years. I would like to see the Chicago Blackhawks versus the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Stanley Cup final. I think that Crosby and Taves are the two greatest captains of our era. I think they're two of the greatest Canadian players of all time. I'd love to see them face off against each other, and uh, I think I think Taves would probably take it. Sure, that would be a beauty. Uh, I'm noticing that uh, none of us said the the Washington Capitals. Now, I, I really like that team, that collection of forwards. Uh, Holtby is a Vesna Trophy candidate. Uh, great team. Uh, where's the love for the Capitals? I love the Capitals. I love the Capitals until the playoffs start. 
And they just, none of those guys have been able to elevate their games to that, you know, that next notch that you need. Now, a lot of the blame gets placed on Ovechkin. I think he played really well in the playoffs last year. And I don't think it was his fault. But look at Holtby. Vesna caliber year, and then he just wasn't quite up to snuff in the playoffs. And until they prove it, I'm going to be skeptical. And they just strike me as that team that's going to be a perennial strong team in the playoff or in the regular season, pardon me, but just doesn't quite get there. Yeah, I mean, I would just have to agree with you. I think I think Ovechkin, like uh, Luongo, is just not. He doesn't. He's not a winner. He's never really won any of the big games or the big tournaments. Um, I just don't know if he has that winning bone. So you're saying it comes down to to bones? Your your scientific approach to st- choosing Stanley Cup champions is bones. Well, come on. I mean, just throw me a freaking bone here. Oh, nice little uh, Austin Powers, Mike Myers. Well, he'll be watching the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I would think so. I, I, not just Ovechkin either. I, I think Trotz is the same. I know he didn't have much of a cast to work with in Nashville, but they never did anything in the playoffs. So I, I think he's a great coach. I think the Caps are a great team. But I just think that that combination of player, coach, I just don't see them getting the job done in the playoffs. Maybe some more calcium in their diets might help. (laughs) That might help a lot, yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of reservations, although I really do like that team in Washington. Uh, They're just, uh, they just never can put it together in the playoffs. They remind me so much of the Sharks. I've picked both of these teams to win Stanley Cups many times in the past. They always seem to let me down in the playoffs, so I just do not have the courage to pick the Washington Capitals this year. So a pack of cowards we are then. Indeed. Well, that about wraps up our champions segment. And now a word from our sponsor. Guys like us don't always have mustaches. But when that moment calls, men of distinction always know where to turn. Plowman's Choice. Extra firm, all natural mustache wax. Your shape, your way, your choice. Okay, and thanks for sticking around, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the the word from our sponsors. And we're moving on to our last uh, segment. Well, uh, if I could. Sure. <laughs> I'd just like you to could? say. What do you got? Well, I'd just like to say a word about our sponsors, uh, Plowman's Choice. Yeah. I think they're an upstanding organization. They are. Yeah, and we're not the kind of people that just accept money from anybody who wants to throw it our way. We're a conscientious podcast. And uh, I think Plowman's Choice has done a really great job with their product. All of their ingredients are locally sourced. They use fair trade beeswax. And uh, they've even won the stamp of approval of the International Federation of Beekeeping Associations. Um, There are a number of different beekeeping associations around the world, and they've all been federated under one body. And that body has unanimously given them their stamp of approval. So I'd just like to draw your attention to what a great organization I think they are. Yeah, bees have had a tough run recently. Um, We've had, you know, millions of bees dying off. And the survival of our planet is, is, you know, it's, it's something that's in question right now. And... Well, maybe for us as humans anyway, and bees are crucial to that survival. So yeah, any any product that is respectful of nature and bees specifically definitely has to, you know, be given a round of applause and a tip of the cap. And for someone like me as a pet owner, I think it's really important to point out that none of their products are tested on pets. So that's just an added bonus. Well, obviously they're not tested on pets. What I think you meant to say is that they're not tested on animals. Or pets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rod, if you're listening and if you need any um, 
help with your mustache. I don't think you do, but if you do, uh, try Plowman's. Yep, maybe you already are. Sure. And we are moving on to, sorry, what is the name of this segment again? Ask the Commish. Sorry, sorry, what was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here anyways? I'll have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have got to dress your players. Got to dress your players. Dress your players. Dress your players. This is it, boys. Finally, we've we've arrived to the summit of the mountain, and we can really just enjoy hearing what the commish has to say about some of the the hot topics around the league. So let's just get right into it here. I've got a Twitter user with the handle of Cup O Soup, and he or she asks, "Do you think NHL players will compete in the next Olympics?" Okay. Uh, well, that is a really, uh, really good question. I certainly hope so. I love the Olympics ever since the NHL started participating back in uh, 98 in Nagano, Japan. I've looked forward to it every four years. And when we finally won that gold medal in Salt Lake City, Utah, that was fantastic. And now Canada has won back-to-back gold medals. I think this is a tremendous opportunity. Let's not forget we're coming at you from Taiwan in Asia. The next two Winter Olympic Games are in Pyeongchang, South Korea, and Beijing, China. This is a really excellent opportunity to grow the game in Asia. We've seen um, Asian athletes in the NBA and uh, also in Major League Baseball. And I really hope the time will come when we see our first Asian hockey player who was born and bred and uh, groomed in Asia. Yeah, it's definitely a massive untapped market. And for that reason, I often wonder if the NHL is not up to something else here. I feel like they'd be fools to pass up this opportunity. And I think right now they might just be using this as a bargaining chip with the Players Association. And I think in the end, they will give the players what they want. I think they will go to the Olympics, but I think right now they're just trying to milk it for all it's worth and get some other concessions out of the players. It's an underhanded tactic, but hey, it's what billionaires do. They, they screw the rest of us. And I know there's not a lot of pity for some of these players because they're all making big figures as well. But hopefully what's not lost in this is the fans and growing the game and just getting it out to as many people as possible. So I think in the end, they will go. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I mean, I would really love it if they did go. Like you, Jeff, I love the Olympics. I think it's some of the best hockey we get to see. But I think the league is really dead set against it. I was really disappointed with the way they kind of threw it back at the Players Association and said, if you guys want to go to the Olympics, you're going to have to extend the collective bargaining agreement. I thought that was kind of a low tactic. And unfortunately, I think the players might really have to stand up and say, we really want to go. If we could get Sidney Crosby's voice behind it, or Jonathan Taves, or Evgeny Malkin, or I know Connor McDavid recently said that he wanted to go, but if he could be really vocal about it as well, he's the new face of the league. I think that would go a long way. Um, but even still, I'm not terribly optimistic about the possible outcome here. But thumbs crossed, hopefully I'm wrong, and we'll just have to see what happens. Yes, we will. And uh, Mark, you have another uh, tweet, is it? Uh, no, this is actually an email uh, from Jim Chun in Kaohsiung. And he asks, uh, what's the future of fighting in the NHL? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, thanks, Jim, for the question. And it's really nice that we get a question from Taiwan uh, in the south in Kaohsiung. Uh, the future of fighting. Um, well, we've seen a massive decline 
in fighting over the last uh, 10 years. And I would imagine that that's only going to continue. Um, very few teams carry a, a tough guy, an enforcer anymore. And um, knowing what we know about concussions nowadays, I would probably say that's a good thing. Well, I want to take that a step further, Jeff. And I think there's no place for fighting in the NHL at all. If you want to see people punching each other in the face, there are plenty of other options. You can go watch boxing. You can go do some MMA. There's a bunch of that stuff out there already. And honestly, I think it's beneath the NHL. And I think it's something that should be completely phased out. Uh, you don't have any other professional sports. You don't have football players and basketball players or baseball players who are allowed to punch each other in the face. Um, so I think they should just eject players from the match and just get rid of it altogether. The, the, the health risks have already been made very clear. Um, I think it's time to move into the future. And that part of that future is leaving the ugly past of the NHL's injury of concussions behind. Well, well put, I'd have to say. But, you know, I tend to think that... A little bit of fighting here and there is okay. As long as we've got the goons out of the game, the big enforcer guys, and the, the stage fights right off the face-off or out of there. If Jamie Benn and David Backus want to square off in a game to kind of get their teams going, I think it's okay. As long as it's it's controlled and you know people are properly penalized. I actually think they could up the penalties a little bit too, but I think it's okay. I don't know, but I mean, what's it going to take? Someone dying on the ice? These guys are bigger, they're stronger. We've been lucky so far. We haven't had anyone killed in a fight. It could happen, yeah. right? Well, I think that the possibility is getting smaller and smaller all the time. I think as the game continues to evolve, rosters are going to have less and less room for these goon guys, these big brawlers, guys like Colton or or uh, George LaRock or any of these classic brawlers. I just think that over time, the game will weed it out itself. And in the meantime, you know, who doesn't like a little Donnybrook from time to time? <laughs> I will admit that I've enjoyed many a Donnybrook in my day. Yes. Um, and John, you, you have a, an email? In, uh, is this, this is from Scotland. This is from Scotland. Uh, yeah, this is from Dr. William McAllister. Oh, doctor. Yeah, doctor. And he says, Dear Commissioner Jeff Rollingman. <laughs> I think he got your name wrong. That's okay. Rolling man. <laughs> yeah, Rollingman. Yeah, but anyways, um, he says, This week marked the 20th anniversary of the breakthrough procedure that gave us the first cloned mammal, Dolly the Sheep. There has been a lot of talk in the media about the possibility of human cloning. This got me thinking, if you could bring back any player in the history of hockey and have him or her in today's NHL, who would it be? Thanks in advance. Well, ooh, boy, thanks for the question. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go back to my local roots in Canada, the Stratford streak, Howie Morenz, who, yeah, who played for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he's also known as hockey's first superstar. And, uh, the, you know, the legend uh, of Howie goes that... Um, when he broke his leg and um, he was told that he would never play uh, hockey again, uh, he passed away shortly of a broken heart. So if we could uh, clone Howie and bring him back, uh, I'm sure we could fix his knee or his leg and uh, we would have a fun time. We'd have a few beers and it would be great to see Howie uh, striding down the ice again. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And what about you, John? Hmm, if I could bring back anybody. Hmm, I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe I'd just bring back uh, 
John Cherry. <laughs> he's not, he's not dead. dead, John. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. Maybe he's not dead, but I think we can all agree that he's past his prime. Okay. And so maybe we could just rejuvenate him, you know, bring him back to a pre-suit Don Cherry, the Don Cherry, the hockey player that played, what, one or two games in the NHL. You know, he seems to think he knows a lot about hockey. It would be nice to see how he actually fared on the ice in today's NHL. Okay. Don Cherry. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we have enough Don Cherry types in the world right now. We don't need to be bringing them back or giving them, <laughs> showing them where the fountain of youth is. I a think whole maybe army let's not do that. That sounds horrible. And what about you, Mark? Uh, well, let, let, let's take this in a different direction. Um, get away from that ugliness of Don Cherry. Um, and this guy never played pro hockey, but uh, he just passed away this past year. Um, and he died doing what he loved and playing hockey with his son. And that's Alan Thick. Now, a lot of us grew up watching Alan Thick on TV. He was one of those TV dads that we all kind of, you know, learned a lot of things from. And uh, growing pains, of course, what I'm referencing. Um, like I said, he died playing hockey with his son. What's more Canadian and what's more, you know, hockey than that? So it would be great to bring him back and maybe soup up his uh, his skills a little bit. Maybe, like, get some other genes in there. Maybe some genes of Gordie Howe and get a few other genes in there and make him into this super sure, hockey player. Get him some and just tear up the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did a lot, Alan Thick for the game. I mean, he was a regular on the celebrity hockey tournament and uh, he always seemed to have a great time out there, and he seemed like he was an excellent ambassador to hockey. Yeah. And I think we've got one last one. Now, is this snail mail? Is this email? Is this a tweet? Uh, yeah, we got another tweet here. Um, one more tweet. This comes from Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Pretty diverse bunch yeah. of emailers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No kidding. This is from A. Bernstein. Okay. And I think this is the one. I wish we had a drum roll here. He just writes... Big League fan, Kamish, what is your spirit animal? <laughs> what is my spirit animal? Um, boy, maybe I would go with the woolly mammoth. Um, All right. I'm, um, I'm not too fleet of foot. And some people have accused me of, of living in the past. <laughs> And, um, you know, my grooming habits, I'm, I'm slightly unkept. Oh, yeah. Uh, at times. So my spirit animal is going to be the woolly mammoth. All right, then. That's a tough act to follow. Um, I guess I'll fall back on an animal. Well, I guess a stuffed animal I had as a kid. I had this stuffed raccoon pretty much from birth until, well, it was in my house until I was in my 20s. Gave it to a girlfriend. We broke up. I never got it back. Anyway, uh, the raccoon. The raccoon? Well, yeah, I like to go okay. to garage sales and, like, buy things, secondhand things online. So I like, I guess I like rummaging through other people's garbage. So mm-hmm. it's very raccoon-like. Uh, I might appear harmless on the outside and approachable. But if you, you know, you cross me, I could claw your eyes out. So, yeah, sure. I'll go with a raccoon. Consider myself warned. Okay. Uh, what about you, John? Ooh, yeah. Well, that's a tough one. Uh, spirit animal. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go rainbow trout. <laughs> rainbow trout. Why? Why Just a rainbow, rainbow trout? Um. Well, I think my preferred mode of transportation is uh, swimming. Mm-hmm. If I was ever given a chance to go anywhere, anyway, I'd probably just say, you know, show me where the water is. Okay. And I'd make my way there myself. Uh, it's easy on the bank book too. Yeah. Um. I also have really oily skin. You do? You do. You do have oily skin. Very oily skin. skin. Uh, I'm a fan of many colors. Yes. 
Even rainbows? Yeah. Uh, who doesn't love a good rainbow? And uh, I guess uh, the people closest to me have always said that I best belong underwater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Well, that was great. Uh, I think that went swimmingly. Yeah, very fresh. Yes. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for all of the emails and uh, the tweets. We'll continue to check on it. We love getting feedback from you guys. Uh, keep them coming, and hopefully your email or tweet will be used in our next show. Well, I think that about wraps it up here, guys. That was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us, and I hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I, well, I hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope, hope you had time, time, time. Selves a time. You had, hope, hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I hope you had, hope, selves a time. Hope, time, time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had the time, time. Hope you had, you had selves a time. Selves a time, time. Well, I hope you had, you had selves a time. Hope, time, hope, hope, time. The time. Hope you had, 